I'm going to start by taking you back to uh, 1987. I was 17 years old and just started a new job as, as a carpenter. And we were framing houses in uh, Maiden Creek Estates, which is just a few miles from the Blandon Mennonite Church. And of course, as a carpenter crew, you had a, a, a truckload of tools. But two of the main items on the truck that, that I was driving were the, the generator and the air compressor, plus a number of other things that we had. But that was uh, some of the two main items. And both of these units uh, had, had engines on. When you showed up to a house, all, all, I mean, the, prop, the house you're going to build, all that was there was a foundation and a pile of lumber. So we needed electricity and also for throwing our saws. Back, this is before the, the days of all this battery operated items. And also, we needed air for our nailers. And um, so these, these units had, had engines on. And I liked when the, the air compressor and the generator that when the truck I was driving had Honda engines on. And some of the reasons were are that the Hondas were, uh, these little Honda engines were re very reliable. They would start on the first or second pull, whether it's in the summertime or even when it was very cold in the winter. These things would fire up and run nice and steady. After lunch, we'd fill their tanks with fuel and head back to work. So I learned to appreciate these little Honda engines. So let's fast forward to about 20, uh, 2010, where I was working. One of the guys had uh, a high-pressure washer he wanted to sell. And guess what? It had a Honda engine on. And I purchased this unit. And for years, as long as I had, had gas in the tank, this... Uh, Honda engine start and ran fine. And just a few weeks, a few months ago, I went, I got this unit out, this pressure washer out to use it, and it wouldn't start. And it, it kind of surprised me because from looking at it, from uh, just looking at the unit outward appearance, everything was fine, but it wouldn't start. And if I remember correctly, this was a Saturday, and of course, you know, Saturdays are busy, you hurry up, get things going. So I, well, what could it be? Oh, air cleaner. Pulled that off. No, that was fine. Oh, spark plug. So I ran this another engine on the prior, on, on our uh, that we have there and pulled another spark plug and put that in. Still didn't work. And then I, I stopped and thought about, you know what? I remembered back in my days of carpentry that these Honda engines, uh, you cannot run these things out of oil. If the engine oil level gets low, these little engines have an oil sensor on and the engine will not start if the oil gets too low. So I, I pulled the cap off and I looked in and had plenty of oil, but I added just a little bit more and she's been running fine ever since. Now, we are not Honda engines this morning and no, we do not require motor oil to run, but if we are going to live in victory and run smoothly for the Lord, we too need to be filled. Obviously, like I said, not with oil, but we need to be filled. And the New Testament gives us a list of, and I'm going to call them ingredients this morning. It gives us a list of ingredients that we are to be filled with. But before we go to the New Testament, we're going to look at one account from the Old Testament. And I invite your attention to 1 Samuel 16. Point number one, as you'll see when you get there, the point number one is the Lord looks at the heart. So I mentioned that when this engine that I'm talking about didn't start, 
everything looked fine outwardly. But there were obvious reasons why the engine refused to start. In 1 Samuel 16, the Lord told Samuel to go to Jesse and anoint one of his sons to be the next king. Verse 1, And the Lord said unto Samuel, How long will thou mourn for Saul, seeing I rejected him from reigning over Israel? Fill thine horn with oil, and go to Jesse, for I provided me a king among his sons. Jesse, Samuel was given a job to do. So he goes his way. You jump down to verse 6. And it came to pass, when they were come, that he looked on Eliab and said, Surely the Lord anointed is before him. But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth, for man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. Samuel saw the oldest son come forth, and he said, Yep, surely this is the one. And the Lord said, No, he, he will not be the next king. Then verse 7, the Lord gives some specific direction. He said, uh, Don't look on outward appearance, Samuel. Don't look at the height of the boy. And then he gives the reason. The Lord's not looking at the boy the same way that Samuel was. Samuel is basing his conclusion on overall outward appearance. Oh, he looks good. Looking good. That must be the one the Lord had, had, wants me to anoint to be king. But the Lord said that he's looking at an area where Samuel cannot see. And the Lord was looking at, he was directing his complete attention to the, to the young man's heart. Back to this engine, without removing the oil cap, I could not see the level that, of oil that was in this engine. And Samuel could not see the hearts of Jesse's sons. He was just looking what he saw when they walked up. But the Lord was looking at the heart. And the Bible tells us that the Lord rejected seven of Jesse's sons. The exact reason is not given, but it appears that they were rejected because of their, their heart condition. This morning, as, as we look around each other here this morning, um, and we, what we see is outward appearance. And uh, it looks good. But as today, as in every other day, the Lord is not looking at our outward appearance. The Lord is looking at our heart. And that's where he sees how we are doing. A number of questions to get your mind started to thinking. What does the Lord see in your heart this morning? I see your, what I see from here, but the Lord's looking at you from a different way. What ingredients are we allowing to fill the space in our hearts? Is your heart full to the correct level and running smoothly? Another thought to think about, is the Lord pleased if our hearts are partially full? And along that line... Will a partially filled heart become lukewarm? I think we, have, we probably have some answers to some of these questions. Another question, are you content to be, mediocre, to be a mediocre Christian? Or do you want to be, give it your all? And then one more question before we, we go to the New Testament. And that question is, what is hypocrisy? defined as the practice of claiming or having a moral standard or belief to which one behavior does not conform. Trying to be something to appear good on the outside, but inward, inside, it's different. 
that high pressure washer of ours had every component necessary to spray water to high PSI. But if it was low, as long as it was low in oil, it's not going to run. So the, one, the unit I, one, I once considered uh, reliable was useless. It looked like a pressure washer, but it had an internal problem. Matthew 25, 23, 25, here we have Jesus speaking. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you may clean the outside of the cup and platter, but within are full of extortion and excess. Jesus saw right through their condition. They were trying to appear holy and, and pure and righteous by outward appearance. So when people saw these Pharisees, oh, looking good. But Jesus looked right past our false front and looked right to their heart, and he saw their internal problem. So this morning, as we take our spiritual temperature, it will do us good that even though we are appearing to look good on the, on the outside, the Lord, our final judge, is looking at our heart. So a few ingredients that we need to put in our heart, which point number two is ingredients for a heart, and the first ingredient was found in Matthew 5. And you're welcome to turn there if you wish. We're going to jump around just a little bit this morning. Matthew 5, verse 6. And here we have the Beatitudes, Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus said in verse 6, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. After we eat a meal, we know what it's like to be filled. We sat down to the table, we, we, we ate, and we've satisfied our hunger. That empty spot inside had disappeared, and we're ready to move on. We're filled. And when we hunger and thirst after righteousness, as this verse, as Jesus is telling us to here, it's like we are having a starving spirit. We want more within. And Jesus promises that when we do hunger and thirst for righteousness, the promise is there. He says, you will be filled. Filled with righteousness. Righteousness means the removal of all sin and the fulfillment of God's will in heart and conduct. And I trust as we take our spiritual temperature this morning that that's where we find ourselves hungering and thirsting for more and more of God's righteousness. And it's, the definition is kind of clear there. It needs the fulfillment of God's will in heart and conduct. It, it changes us from within. Righteousness also means all righteousness, not only a little bit or partially filled, but completely filled. And then righteousness, as explained throughout the scripture, is in the word, is explained throughout the scripture in the word faith. Faith is believing in God and trusting his goodness, the goodness of God, to take our faith and count it as righteousness. So just ask yourself this morning, how are we doing? Are we following Jesus' words here? Are we hungry and thirsting after righteousness? Are we filling our hearts with righteousness? And we also have to note that Jesus didn't say, blessed are the righteous, for none are righteous. We can see in Romans 3.10, but blessed are they who do hunger and thirst after righteousness. I believe we need to proceed in the order that is given. Out with sin, out with evil and darkness, and then God can allow his righteousness to be poured in and to fill us. And filled here in verse, in verse 6 can also mean satisfied, which ties right into what I said earlier about eating and drinking, and we are satisfied, or when we thirst, our, our thirst is quenched. When we, fill, uh, when we want to fill our hearts with righteousness, by faith, what's going to happen? We're going to seek the things of God that satisfy our inner desire. 
And Jesus says when we do that, when we start seeking the things of him to fill our uh, our inner desires, Jesus is going to top off our tank. He is going to fill us. A partially filled heart is dangerous. Why? Because it allows room for something other than the righteousness of God. You've got to be so careful with that. A partially filled heart is a dangerous place to be. So what is the solution? Well, it's given there in verse 6. Those who are hungering and thirsting for more of God will find more and more of him. So the, response, the promises are there. The responsibility comes back to us. Are we hungering and thirsting? Are we desiring more and more? The question could be asked, okay, well, how much righteousness is enough? When you're putting gas in a tank, you know when it's full because either the pump stops or you can see in the tank that it's full. But how much righteousness is enough? So compare that, compare the answer to the question, how much money is enough? And for John D. Rockefeller, his answer was just a little bit more. And it has been said at the peak of his wealth, Rockefeller had a net worth of 1% of the entire U.S. economy. I am not promoting that we're striving for wealth, but maybe for a little bit more of God's goodness. Folks, do we desire a little more of God? Just a little bit more today, then a little bit more tomorrow, and to continue to fill our hearts with his goodness. The hungering and thirsting here in this verse is referring to the appetite of a new life. You don't have, we don't have to tell each other to have an appetite. It's there. But are we hungering? Do we thirst for more and more of God's righteousness? The desire for more and more of God needs to be personal. I can, have, I can, tell, all you, I can tell each one here this morning to meet me at the gas tank, and I can swipe my card and fill every tank here. Not today. But it's only Jesus Christ who can fill your heart with righteousness. But we need to be longing and hungering for that. Hunger and thirst, crave and desire to be filled. And that's so important that we have that desire within, that we want more and more of God. A filled heart, a filled heart has no room for unrighteousness. So when our attitude is, speaking of attitude, when our attitude is, fill me, Lord, he's not going to stop just close to the oil level, level sensor marks. Yeah, that's enough to get you by today. He's going, the promise is that he, we are going to be filled. So may our attitude be this morning also like the, the good apple, but along with that, Lord, fill me with your righteousness. The second ingredient, you can flip back to Ephesians chapter 3. <clears throat> Ephesians 3, verse, verse 19, but I'm going to read verses 17, 18, and 19. Ephesians 3, 17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts, that ye, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that ye might be filled, here we have it, filled with all the fullness of God. Let's get the picture here a little bit. Christ is dwelling in our hearts. He, Christ moved in, took up residence when we, by faith, accepted him as our Savior. And by faith, we become rooted and grounded in Christ by our love for him and his for us. We know what, speaking of trees, as Randy mentioned this morning, with a good root system, we're rooted and grounded in Christ. Then it moves on. There's a progression. Verse 18, we begin to understand 
the size of God's love, or better yet, his unlimited amount of love for mankind. We may be able to comprehend the size of his love, and we know it passes all understanding, as verse 19 tells us. Then take it a step further, he passes our knowledge, and what happens in the process, our understanding becomes open as we diligently seek him day after day. We have to continue going out there and seeking for him, hungering and thirsting after God. And this isn't supposed to happen just on certain days of the year, but each and every day. So Jesus is dwelling within. He's providing clear direction. We're learning from him. We're becoming more and more aware of his character. We're allowing his love to penetrate our hearts. And what happens? We're in turn, we in turn are filled with all the fullness of God. To be filled with God is a great thing. To be filled with the fullness of God is still yet greater. But this verse is saying that we're filled with all the fullness of God, which is almost too wonderful to understand. To be filled with the fullness of God is to have our whole spirit and soul filled with, think about it, meekness, gentleness, goodness, love, justice, holiness, mercy, and truth. Filled to capacity with divine wisdom and, and knowledge and love. That's, that's, folks, that is where Christ wants us to be. Are we filled this morning with all the fullness of Christ? And when Christ, when God fills us, neither sin nor Satan can find a vacant spot nor gain any access into our hearts. Our souls can be emptied of sin and filled with, what happens? The very, very presence of God. Filled, overflowing, and, and bubbling over. And the picture that's being painted here is one that is on, on fire for God. A hot, a blazing fire. Not just a, a mere feeble flicker with a bunch of smoke. But it's speaking of a soul marked with joy, radiant, lasting joy. As we check our temperature, are we filled with all the fullness of God? When the engine that I talked about earlier was filled with oil, it ran well. And when we are filled with all the fullness of God, we're going to be a different person. Out with lukewarm and half-hearted lifestyle. That's a good, away with and we'll put on and be a vibrant and live a vibrant life of obedience to the Lord. It's also interesting to note that we'll fill with all the fullness of God. And as I mentioned, we're going to be filled we got to also think about it, that God is a jealous God. We can find this 14 times in the Bible. Divided allegiance is unacceptable. God wants our all. He wants your all. And our desire should be to give him all of our life. So may our hearts be, say, fill me, Lord. Fill me with all the goodness of God. So the third ingredient, you can turn the page to Ephesians chapter 5. And I know I'm jumping on just a few verses here, but I like to just pick out verse 18, Ephesians 5:18, "And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the spirit." So we talked about being filled with the righteousness of God. We talked about being filled with all the fullness of God. Here we're talking about being filled with the spirit. Ephesians 5 teaches us how to walk. Verse two, walk in love. Verse eight, walk as children of light. Verse 15, walk circumspectly. Verse 17, try to understand God's will for your life. And when we do that, that will direct our walk. 
and filled with the Spirit, verse 18. And I think this is a, a key ingredient for the life of the Christian. We need to be filled with the Spirit. On Wednesday evening, those who were here, we looked at the ordinances. Uh, Mike was teaching. And the first one we looked at was a baptism. And the ordinance of baptism symbolizes inner cleansing, Holy Spirit infilling, and commitment to God. Baptism symbolizes Holy Spirit infilling. And here in verse 18 he says, Let's, don't be drunk with uh, uh, alcohol, but be filled with the Spirit. We're called to be under the control of the Holy Spirit. Not under the control of alcohol as we see here in this verse. God's people are dominated, controlled, and directed by the Holy Spirit. He gives us clear direction. Similar to the way the drunkard is controlled by his alcohol. When a, a drunkard, he loses self-control and he abandons himself completely to the influence of, of what he's drinking. And likewise, the believer, as believers, we're to abandon ourselves completely to the control of the Holy Spirit. Out will sit in darkness and allow the Spirit to, to fill us. And this uh, filling is kind of like a repeated experience. It's not once and done. Kind of like it repeated. Many Christians have, have sensed new infillings of the Holy Spirit when uh, gleaming fresh insights from God's Word. We're in fellowship with Christian brothers and sisters or during times of confessing and forsaking sin. So we're, we're looking at the work of the Holy Spirit and being filled with the Spirit. But what blessings take place when this happens? Well, let's just for a moment consider the work of the Holy Spirit. And my list is just is a very brief one. The Holy Spirit does so much for us, but here's a few. The Holy Spirit will convict us of sin. And we think about being right with God. If God sees an area in your life that needs correction, the Holy Spirit convicts us and we make that right. The Holy Spirit gives us access into God's presence. The Holy Spirit brings about unity and peace among believers. I was here this morning. The Holy Spirit will comfort and help us. It's there for us. Jesus said, I send him unto you. The Holy Spirit equips the believer to understand God's words, gives us knowledge and understanding. The Holy Spirit will guide us in the way of truth, help us make decisions, right and wrong. Do we turn here or not? Do we follow, to follow God, we listen to the Holy Spirit, and he guides us in the correct way. The Holy Spirit will protect us from harm, similar to guiding us in the right way. Keep us on the right track, away from harm. The Holy Spirit will provide wisdom. It justifies us. It quickens and saves. And so much more, the blessings abound. But think about, about the Trinity, the, the three in one. We have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Three all in one. And what we're talking about is the very presence of God indwelling in the lives of those who have accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. We are filled with the very presence of God. And when you consider the power and, and the work and the change the Holy Spirit brings into the life of a believer, the question is, is there anything else that we would rather be filled with? Think of what the world has to offer. Is there anything else that you'd rather be filled with? What other ingredients, since we're using that word, could we even think about when we are already filled to capacity with God's goodness, His might, and His power? What else is there that we could say, I'd rather be filled with this? I don't think there's anything else we could come up with. I understand we're living in a day of opportunity. We're, we're all well aware of that. And we're living in a nation when opposing ingredients could be found on every corner, all over the place. I think we're well aware of that. 
But today, everyone needs to make a personal choice as to what type of ingredient you're going to allow into your heart. Are we going to uh, uh, confess the wrong and then fill our lives with, with what is right? Or the other uh, uh, way is to attempt to struggle through life, trying to appear good on the outside, back to the Pharisees Jesus was talking about, but not on the inside. And we could go through life hoping no one's going to notice, and God's busy somewhere else. But we all know that that is not going to happen. If our tanks this morning are low, oil levels are low, just like the engine I was talking about, the good news is there is still time to fill it up and to allow it to overflow. If you find yourself there this morning, don't despair. God is there, ready to help you and to fill. If our levels are getting, on the other hand, if our levels are getting low, but we have no desire to go to the Lord for a refill, no desire within just to be filled, what's going to happen eventually, we're going to drift away from the one who loves us and gave his life for our salvation. Being okay where we are at is a dangerous place to be. I don't think we should ever get to a place in our life when we say, well, I reached the level I want to be at. Right here is where I'm going to be. I'm good. Dangerous place to be. For the Christian who's on fire for the Lord is one who would diligently go to the Lord every day for a refill. Lord, top off my tank. Fill me some more. Give me more. That needs to be the desire from within. And friends, that is the very will of God. That's what God wants for, my, for myself and for each one here this morning. He wants to fill us. He wants to fill us with his righteousness, with, all his, with the fullness of God and with the Holy Spirit so that we can walk in the path that he wants us to walk. God wants you to diligently seek his face every day. There's so many distractions. God says, just seek my face. God wants you to get on your knees every day. Ask for his direction. Ask for his wisdom. Lift up your requests to him. Ask to be filled. And when we do that, the blessings that the true believer will receive are they're hard, it's hard to put into words. Our God is, is so great, so big. His blessings and promises are there when we are the obedient kind of children that he wants us to be. But when we do that, someday, with a smile on, on, on our face, we're going to meet our maker. We will meet our maker. That day is coming. And if we, have, if we are filled with what we talked about this morning, we're going to receive a warm welcome and he spend eternity with him. Heaven is a place that Jesus Christ is preparing for those who are filled with him. Go to John 14. He's preparing mansions. Yes, he is. Amen. He's preparing mansions for those who are filled with him. Fill me now. Fill me with that hallowed presence. Come, oh come, and fill me now. When we are filled with the ingredients that we looked at, the righteousness, all the fullness of God, and the Holy Spirit, we can be certain of many things, but one thing for sure. When we are filled with all these things, we can be sure of certain beyond a shadow of a doubt that our hearts are going to be pure. Because when we're filled with what we talked about, there's no room for anything else other than the things of God. 
So first of all, sins need to be confessed and our hearts could be filled with them, three ingredients. And secondly, when, when we are filled, there would be no desire for wrong. No, we are not perfect, but we have that desire. There'd be no desire for wrong because we desire more of God. And when we, are, we find ourselves in that place, we will continually be hungering and thirsting for more of God. Our desire will be more of God. Our attitude will be more of God. And it will be, God, I need more of you. Is that where we find ourselves? Above all else, we need more of God. And that brings me to my third point. You don't have to turn to it. It's back in Matthew 5 again, the Beatitudes. And the third point is pure in heart. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. I could have, have poured water in, uh, in that engine I was talking about to bring the level up so it would run. And it might have ran for a little bit, but I fear before long it would have, pieces would have flew. The engine would have been ruined. You know, many people today fill their hearts with, let me call them foreign objects or evil information. And those who do that, they will be able to continue on for a little while. But eternity awaits. And so many people, I trust not here, we, 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 gotta, we just focus on today, but we, gotta start focus, we need to focus on eternity. Where will we be? And here we have Jesus providing a promise for those who are filled with righteousness, for those whose hearts are pure. Purity is the absence of filth, the absence of sin and darkness. And I like to look at it this way. Purity is the very presence of God. And his promise in Matthew 5 says, the pure in heart will, shall see God. The word heart is found in the Bible 767 times. The Bible has a lot to say about our hearts, concerned about our hearts. Remember we talked about way back in the Old Testament there in, in, in 1 Samuel? That's what the Lord is looking at. A lot to say about our heart. The word pure is found 90 times in the Bible. We're called to be pure. And I just thought it, found it amazing that Matthew 5.8 is the only place that the phrase pure in heart is found. But the promise of those who are pure in heart is they shall see God. Many of the Ten Commandments in Exodus have the word shall or shall not. And they are, they're commandments. We call them commandments. And here we see the pure in heart shall see God. It's like a command. Your heart is pure. Your heart is filled with the correct ingredients. You will see God. Promises are there. A few weeks ago, I, I changed the oil in Mary's car. And those of you who've done that, went underneath and pulled the drain plug. And then you'd sit there or lay there for a little bit and watch this black oil just stream out of the car. And after that slows down a little bit, then I moved over to the filter and I took the filter off and more black oil exited the car. The engine, I should say. And after it was all out, and then I put the new filter back on and tightened the drain plug again. And then I poured in the new oil. And the oil that I poured in almost looked like, for lack of better words, liquid gold. Out, the black stuff was in the pan on the bottom. And here I'm up here in the top pouring in what's like liquid gold. Not quite clear, but very close to it. But absolutely pure. And I repeat, something like pure gold. I was just dumping this into the engine. Hearts full of self are like engines that have black oil. And if we didn't already, let's pull that drain plug. Let that self, 
and the blackness drain out. Empty our hearts of self, sin, and darkness. Then put that plug back in. Now, that's, this is just a figure of speech. You can't do that. Understand as far as plugs, but you can empty your hearts of self. Then allow God to fill us with his pure oil. His desire, folks. That's what he wants for each one of us. Emptied of self and filled with his pure oil. Psalm 45 and Hebrews 1 both speak of the oil of gladness. Speaking of oil, Isaiah 61 talks about the oil of joy. There are are many hearts here this morning. Everyone sitting here has a heart that's beating right now. I can't see it, but the Lord sees each one. And I know it's beating because your eyes are open. Most of yeah. And someday, God's going to tell you what he sees in your heart. Will he tell you that your heart is pure? I'm going to leave you with that question. Lord, fill me with thy presence. O come, O come, and fill me now. If you forget most of it, just remember, do you have a desire to be filled? And God will help you from there. Emptied of self and filled with his pure oil. Let's come before the Lord in prayer. Our Father God, we just come before you here this morning. We just say thank you, Lord Jesus, for your blessings and your word. And I pray, Lord, that mine, as well as each heart here this morning, could be emptied of self and the dark oil. And then we could be filled with your righteousness, with all the fullness of God, and with the Holy Spirit, and your oil of joy and gladness. God, help us, Lord, to have pure hearts. For your promise was that the pure in heart will see God. Lord, help us, Lord, not just to focus on here and today, here and now and today, but Lord, just to focus on eternity and where we will spend eternity. Lord, may we be ready that when you, we meet you face to face and you see our heart, and you can tell us what is there and trust that you will say it's pure or welcome home, thou good and faithful servant. If there's any hearts here this morning that need to be emptied, I pray, Lord, you would give that person that desire to do that, to make things right. And Lord, for the pure in heart this morning, I just thank you for each one. Help us, Lord, just to faithfully serve you. And as our Sunday school lesson talk, may we produce fruit and be obedient to you, Lord. Thank you for being the vine. Thank you, Lord, for being there for us. And thank you, Lord, for that. You desire relationship with your children. Help us, Lord, just to be obedient and to walk each day with you, Lord. Give us wisdom and direction, we pray. In the name of Jesus, amen. Give me a song, please.